I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics, and I'm located in Southgate, Kentucky. And I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Monroe, Washington. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Hey folks, thanks for listening to Wheel Talk. We would love some more interaction with you all throughout this future episodes, and we would love to hear some listener questions. They may get on the episode. Yeah, just submit them to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com, or you can submit them on our Instagram at at wheeltalkpodcast. Thanks. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Becca. Happy <laughs> whatever day of the week it is. Uh, is it Wednesday? It's, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Is this month feeling a little faster than last month for you? Oh, yeah. And also, I feel like I have to get um, things done by the end of the month, and I'm procrastinating like hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> is that because you have Leavenworth still on schedule for next month? Yeah. It's so funny. I was telling a friend yesterday, I was like, oh, well, I have to, I have a show on May 1st or May 5th or the second week of May. And she's like, what magic show is this? <laughs> she's like, where are you hosting this? In a bubble? <laughs> and I was like, it's not like you would normally, it's not a normal show. So, um, yeah, so you kind of have a I deadline. <laughs> That, sorry, I couldn't resist grabbing a piece of chocolate. I'll eat it later. <laughs> You're like, let me open my candy wrapper like we're in the middle of a movie theater. This is perfect for audio. Uh, well, you know, what am I going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Go on mute. Open it up while we're talking at some point. I will. I will. I was just getting it ready. All right. So how was your day today? I guess you've been, have you been throwing a lot and make, or not throwing a lot, but have you been making a lot? I should just say making from now on. Cause I can't assume that you're throwing all the time anymore. <laughs> I know actually. Cause I've been like trying to put off throwing as much as possible. I'm in this like throwing drought. I'm in a fast, I'm in a throwing fast right now, which I know sounds ridiculous, but it kind of the way that's just the way it is right now. But, um, today was better than yesterday. Today. I got to the studio and actually started working on something yesterday. I just sat on the couch mm-hmm. and watched my cats. Um, I am struggling. I'm really struggling getting stuff done. I think it's just because I think my my brain wants to self-sabotage myself. <laughs> I think that's what's happening. You're like, <laughs> I, okay, what are my excuses this week? Uh, nobody in the studio. Okay, I can't make that as an excuse. Uh, yeah, because I like cleaning, that. <laughs> it's a mess. No, that's not an excuse. I cleaned all for the last month. Uh, what else? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, so um, I think that I'm just like – I need to go on more of a throwing fast of some sort, other, unless it's like absolutely throwing essential. fast. You need to not fast throw for a really long time. I'm going on a throwing fast. I'm fasting throwing. That's <laughs> not what a fast is. A f- a f- yes, I'm not. I'm not doing throwing. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you need to do that? I thought you said you're procra- like you're procrastinating and not throwing. Are you saying because? In order to get back to it and get productive in your throwing, you have to fast for a while and not do it. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, you're I don't you're know. working off a list right now, right? From your your May first list, because uh, you've got like a yeah. hand building and a wheel thrown item list. 
I do. So, yes. So you've been knocking. Most of those are planters. Okay. So you got half of the month left to get mm-hmm. get stuff done. And I have a custom order that I have to get done by the 25th or the 26th or something. And I have wholesale orders that I've been putting off because they don't have any business. So there's that. Would they and they would they pay you for the order if you had it ready? Probably not. I don't know. I'm just kind of let it lie. But if you but I think you're doing like a flash sale right now. I mean, if you yes. were to communicate with them and say, "Hey, if I have your wholesale order with you, for you in the next couple of weeks." Cuz you would assume that these businesses when they get able to back get back open that they'd be ready to have people come out and about and buy stuff, right? Right. Yes. I don't know. We'll see. So that was your day. <laughs> How are you? How is you doing? <laughs> I had a productive Monday at work. Like... Monday. What? Today's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm used to Mondays. Uh, We're going insane. Productive day at work. I got some stuff done. Um, yeah, this room's kind of a mess. I've been shipping a lot of stuff and... I feel like I'm back to normal in the studio, but it's so weird because of like trying, I'm trying to get weekly Etsy shop updates. So today after we get done, I'm going to be doing a preview for stuff I'm putting on the shop tomorrow. Rachel's been helping me out with getting stuff online and photos edited, all that stuff. So I've got that process pretty streamlined, but I don't know. It's still throwing me off with random things i don't know like i got a cancellation a couple days ago for a show that's supposed to be late june like june 20th yes and i was like what the heck that's like two months away um so did you know also did you know that your video is like 20 seconds not or like four seconds later than you're talking no i did not know that (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like seeing your delayed talking but anyway, moving on. Um, maybe I'll make it really tiny and I'll fix it. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get into a rhythm again. I'm I'm into like a making rhythm, I think, and I'm starting to make some new things with berry bowls and maybe some pour overs and have good. not have not made that mold yet for the the hand building. But oh yeah, that should be simple enough. I just put in three huge, like, super thick molds into my bisque, and I preheated it for two days. What? And, yeah, two days. Why did you put and such bits? Are you talking about bisque molds? Why did you put them? Why did you do them so thick? Because they soak up a lot more moisture if you make them really thick. Oh, okay. These are going to be ones and that you're going to slump clay over? Yeah, and they're, like huge bowls like they're huge okay <laughs> and so and like a 12 inch platter mold and so um yeah but what was i gonna say also ryan today was talking to me and josh about um how our friend rebecca is making planters and she's not glazing the bottom of her the the plates in the bottom and what's the tray, yeah. hilarious is that I thought the exact same thing as you did. And when you were like, could I just uh, make my plates not glazed? (laughs) I literally was sitting in bed last night and I was like, maybe I should just not glaze my plates. 
<laughs> and, I thought that was a great food. idea. I was like... It's a great idea. Are we sure they're not glazed on the inside? We should ask her today. I, why would they be? It's They get so dirty if they're not glazed from the dirt water. Okay. Maybe it depends on what type of plant you have in there. Because if you have a succulent in there, you're not watering them a ton. You shouldn't really have a ton of water anyways. That's just like a fail-safe. For me, if it's yeah. a succulent, the hole in the bottom is just a fail-safe in case I overwater it. Because the only way to save it if you overwater a succulent that has no hole is to dump everything out and take the plant out. Because if it's overwatered, like, you're going to kill it. Um, but, yeah. I mean, if I'm not watering things regularly... I don't know. I was thinking of it more for standardizing. I don't have to be like, oh, I need three in this color and six in this color because people are ordering them. I'd rather just be like, sweet. I can just throw one of these trays under any of them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about that too. I just do them in white. All of my platter, all of my plate molds, or like, not plate molds, all of my plates for planters are just white. You don't get a choice. So even if it's like a blue planter, you have a white bottom yeah, with who it? who cares? Who cares? Okay. I don't know. Some people could care. Do you have... But most people don't. I mean, if that's the only thing you offer, then <laughs> they're not going to yeah. have any say about it. But, um, And I tried the little pouring thing. I want to see how you do it. Because I did it, the pouring on the planter trays without waxing them. I mean, I guess it was about the same, but the bottoms were just as dirty. Because if there's a little grit in it, like my red clay, it's not super smooth. So a sponge over it doesn't necessarily get everything off. Because I still got a little bit on the bottom edge. Well, then you're not pouring it right. So. Simple as that. Oh, I'll have to see what you're doing then. Your technique needs to be better. <laughs> I did the whole like pour the thing out and like drag it through the liquid. Yeah. And then I did like like have it kind of out and then pour over it while it's kind of at a 45 degree down so that anything dripping mm -hmm. off would drip right in the bucket and not. But it still dribbled over the edge and rolled down to the edge, the bottom edge on the bottom and then rolled off which still yeah. had glaze that could got, get on the bottom. So. Huh. But anyways, well, we'll figure it out. Yours is a different shape than mine too, so that might have an effect. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because I but, think your style you know, you would probably the, work for yours if they're super, you super open. You could do open. the fill and dump, fill and dump version. I you could. You the entire plate. Yeah, but it's around and out. That's what I would do. That would take more time. Or you could use your fountain. Ooh, I could. That would probably cause a damn mess, though. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how strong the fountain is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, just make sure you don't put your foot on the pedal. <laughs> don't pull a Becca. While... <laughs> yeah, don't put your foot on the pedal while you have no clay on top of it. If the thing yeah. shoots up that far, yeah. Right. All right. Do we have a listener question? We have a. We could do a quick listener question because we've had this for a while that I'm thinking of, and uh, it should be good. <laughs> kind of takes us back a little bit. 
Um, this is from at home in Washington. So they must, they must know you. Oh yeah. 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 In, uh, on Instagram. How did you get into clay? This might be a refresher for people, but yeah. And then we're actually trying to do kind of like a short episode because we're, we're procrastinating, but, um, how did I get into clay? Yeah. Ryan? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I took a 3D class in high school and then I saw there was ceramics offered and I think I took it like junior year, hand building kind of thing. You learn the projects of slipping in, scoring and all that kind of thing. So I started in high school and took wheel throwing and did some classes outside of my regular like clay class. Like if I had study hall, I would use that period to go into the ceramics room and work on projects or go after school and work on stuff. So that's kind of how I got started in clay. I lied to a professor and told her that I knew how to do pottery because I needed an independent study. Was that college? Um, That was in college, my second year in college. Um, I was already in graphic design at the time. And then I really needed an independent study. and, And I was like, could I do pottery as an independent study? And she was like, well, have you ever done it before? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you needed an independent study that early on in college. I was an overachiever. I just needed a couple credits. And um, I was like, yeah, totally. I've done it before, which is a total lie. Like I had done, I had thrown once in high school and I went to like a small Christian high school. So, like, our art classes were in, like, an 8 by 10 room. Yeah. And we couldn't even move. It was terrible. So, anyway. um, And then I would go in and I I took her class, essentially, but independently. So, she was a ceramics professor. She wasn't, like, just a general art professor or something like that. Right. She was a ceramics professor. And I think that I I actually did the independent study because I didn't want to do hand building, which is hilarious. Um, so I skipped all of hand building. Like I it just like, oh hey, our first class is hand building. Let's start with that. No, we won't do wheel until ceramics too. And I was like, screw you guys, I'm gonna do wheel now. And so, <laughs> and so I just started throwing on the wheel. And then this um, lady would come into the studio late at night and she had her master's in ceramics and uh, she taught me (laughs) and that was it. (laughs) Nice. And then I became the TA and then I, yeah. A a TA at the school in the ceramics department? Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. So that was after, after working in clay for what, a year or like a couple semesters? A couple years. Couple years. I think it was her TA for the last year and a half, maybe. But, yeah. No, I mean, it was so low-key. Like, I learned so much more after college than I did in college. But it was good. Like, I'm good that I had the weird foundation that I had. So you never actually took a formal, like, hand-building class? No, never. I think that's those are usually first just because they require less equipment you can fit a lot more people in a smaller space. And it teaches people how to f- finesse things. Yeah, they like totally how to touch clay. You learn the process of yeah. the steps that go into it, like moisture, yeah. joining pieces together. 
the different mm-hmm. methods of like pinching and coiling and stuff like that. I absolutely recommend um, doing hand building first. It's just so much. I don't know. There's so many weird little basics that helps with when you're throwing. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, that's how I. Oh, I went to Cal Poly Pomona. You went to. I went to St. Xavier High School in Louisville, Kentucky. And then I went to Northern Kentucky University. There you go. Boom. Ba-boom. Okay, that was. Ba-boom. <laughs> yes. So that's how we got into clay. Thanks for the question. And what else are we talking about today? Well, we're going to do a short podcast because we're actually going to do another one after this with Rebecca. Um, so we're going to talk about Ryan. <laughs> Kick it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about mailing lists because uh, Becca was working on some mailing list stuff recently and I thought it was hilarious. I can read what I post on my mailing list here it comes on my phone every time and i actually just sent out some stuff to my mailing list two days ago for the first time since december it is mid-april December. yes so so what were you in the process of doing what was your what's your mailing list situation Uh, My mailing list situation is almost non-existent. However, I have like 300 people on my mailing list. And so, because it just like automatically pops up on my website. And so, I put a a pop-up on my website that says sign up for our almost never newsletter. (laughs) (laughs) And it says get exclusive offers when you sign up to receive promotional email, but actually only when something important happens. Or when we need money. So like once a year, maybe. <laughs> that's how it uh that's how it comes. Nice. Um Did you have one pre so you already had three hundred people, were those from your old website before you moved to Weebly? Okay. Yeah, that was from MailChimp and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've always had some kind of online way to collect emails. Yeah. How did you have it in MailChimp? Was it on your website or you had a link from your website to go to MailChimp that had its own like Mail- landing page no, form? MailChimp has, yeah, MailChimp has like a pop-up thing where you like put it into your website design. Okay. And then it pops yeah, up. that's probably the same thing I use right now. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that works out. I think that it's important to get mail like the do like just collect emails even if you're not going to send them because then when you do need to send something you can so why is it important to have a mailing list why collect them so you can sell their names to the government (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i would never sell the names to the government um no to i think it's well because it is like you know, if I did flash sales on my newsletter, I probably would get a lot more sales. It's just, you know. I have a lot of, I signed up for a lot of newsletters from people, and I read them when they come in, like artists. If you actually keep up on it. Also, I was at a plant store recently, and the lady that I was right next to, she was like, oh yeah, I got a, uh, um, an, I'm on their email list, and I got a, 
email this week saying this was the plant of the week and it was on sale and so i came here she came from like 40 miles away yeah that's awesome like like that's the power of a mail list if you do it right which i don't but yeah i i've been so the main i've got about 400 or so people on my mailing list and that's grown a lot the last two years because the way that I get a lot of people on mine is through art shows. Right. I have a giveaway item that I have at every art show that is usually like, I would say a full day art show, like usually juried art shows. If it's a shorter one, like a 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. farmer's right. market, I probably won't do a giveaway then. It might not be worth my time or effort to do it. So usually I'll take a piece that I've made as a demo piece at Baker Hunt where I teach at. Yeah. I have a batch of pieces that are glazed with their glazes, use their clay. It's a little different than the stuff I make, so Right. Like so I would, like an odd piece. I would feel weird selling that necessarily. Like having that selection of twenty pieces that don't really go with any of my stuff in my booth may look off. So I usually yeah. give those away to people throughout the year at art shows. So I have a, a section on my table. Usually it's either on the back table, like near me. So it kind of draws them into the booth or it's kind of near the front. So as they're passing by, they might see it. And it's just a little like wooden sign that says giveaway sign up here. And basically it has their name, email, their phone number so I can text them if they win and then also their location like i have like four cities listed based on areas that i frequently have shows so that i can kind of if i want to further segment people on my mailing list and only offer it offer uh orders or tell people about a show that's in columbus ohio for instance i'm only going to send it to people that are in cincinnati and columbus maybe instead of people Mm -hmm. that are outside of that yeah that makes sense and I got like, I want to say there was a goal last year. I probably got like 175 people or something last year just from doing that. Wow. And, you know, it's kind of a balance though because I I think we were talking with Rebecca Gray's about this recently about like, you know, that's an incentive for people to sign up. How many of those become, I guess, loyal or unsubscribe after they realize they didn't win or something like that. But I've only... I only have maybe 5% of people like drop off and unsubscribe. Although I don't really send that many emails, but you know, over time I'm still growing that list and it at least showed that they were interested enough to get in the booth and then interested enough to maybe get a piece of mine. So I would say that gives me some idea that they're somewhat interested in my stuff. And then that's a good way to just get people on my list how many times I send out things. Uh, last year I was basically batching the people every month. If I had, if I had two shows that month, I would usually batch all those people that signed up for the giveaway. And then I'd send out an email at the end of that month and say, you know, thank you so much for joining my mailing list. I appreciate your support, whatever, whatever. Uh, thanks for signing up at this show. I want to congratulate the winners and I list out their, the winners for those two shows or whatever. And then I kind of list out, here are my upcoming shows if you'd like to come see me. And then here's my um, website if you want to like see my website or 
Maybe yeah. I'll link to my online shop or something if I want people to go there. So I was kind of templating that a little bit so that that made it easier every time I needed to send something out to brand new people. Yeah. And then I... Th so what What do you use? You use I use MailChimp to collect them on my website. And then I use that. That's where I host everybody. So if I get them... If I give get them at a giveaway at a show, it's all in paper form and I have to put it into contacts on MailChimp. So, yeah. uh, I know that's you what know, I'm I doing. I was so pissed at MailChimp. I'm like, if I could just have literally a, like a tablet with all it needs to have is import your email and your name and that's it. And then they could just do that and then it re pops up again. I yeah. would love that. Yeah. I think if they had, they almost need like an offline form. They do. They do. No, they no. I mean, they do. They need it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna because I mean, you don't want to like have an offline list of an Excel sheet that people are putting into Excel sheets and they fat right. finger cells and stuff. Because I mean, usually oh. when you have to import stuff, you have to put it in a Excel format or comma separated right. format, and that's not easy to do unless you build your own. I mean, maybe you yeah. can use like a Google form that's offline and then people fill like out that and then it would before. put it into a spreadsheet for you. Yeah. And then you would just copy and paste that spreadsheet into MailChimp. Yeah. But then it's like, do you have to have a separate device? Do you give them your device? Right. Um, so annoying. I mean, you've got your, you've got your. No, um, what they need is like just a tiny little bit like. MailChimp needs to make like a tiny little separate device that doesn't cost a ton of money that's like little and it's a tiny little tablet that just has import your email, mm -hmm. your name, your phone number, and that's it. <laughs> like yeah. for giveaways, like specifically for giveaways. I bet you people would freaking go crazy over that. I mean, I might have like an extra device that I could do something like that, but. Yeah, like an old cell phone or something. Hey, uh, also, Rebecca says uh, she uses Flowdesk. Flowdesk. Is that F-L-O? Yes, F-L-O-D-E-S-K. And she's, she likes it so much more than MailChimp, so um, check that out, too. And they have a pretty good um, promotion, I think, right now. Yeah, she was talking about using... She uses that because it streamlines her time to launch emails, I guess, or send emails. It's super quick. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a different avenue to uh, send stuff out. And luckily, Email marketing I'm... just got on brand. Um, yeah. Is that on their website? <laughs> yeah. So. It's in beta right now. Yeah, I try to. And like right now is a good time. I actually the reason I sent to mine out is because I kind of wanted to update people. I know people are getting swarmed with emails left and right of companies and what they're doing about COVID and all that stuff, but Yeah. So I sent it as like, "Hey, here's where I'm at. I've got a lot of shows canceling. I'm pretty bummed about that, but I've been making adjustments. I've been doing this at home with my wife and figuring stuff out, doing house projects, making tiki drinks at home and uh, <laughs> and, uh, kind of sharing that aspect of it. So I kind of like wrote a letter. I mean, it took me like an hour and a half to write this thing and like get it all formatted and stuff, but, um, sent something out, showed them some of the pictures of my newest stuff that I've been posting and that I've been selling yeah. and like, Hey, I'm making efforts to put stuff online every week. So if you want to see what's available and you want to support me, then you know where to go. And I did get 
three sales out of it, I think. So, you know, pretty good to get going. And I I saw a pretty good open rate. I want to say like 50% of people opened it, which seemed pretty well, pretty good. I got like a few unsubscribes out of that, which is kind of expected. But um, yeah. And I got a few more people to sign up for my mailing list after I posted on Instagram. I usually try not to push it too much because, I mean, I have it on my website, but I try not to have it pop up like immediately. I have like a 15 second wait because there's nothing I hate more than getting somewhere and then a pop up comes up like immediately. And I'm like, oh my God, get out of here. My website does that to me every single time to me. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) On my phone, if I like go up every single time, it's the pop up. I think like, I think the Mailchimp one, the way I have it set up, it'll come up after 15 seconds, but then it will also like, it won't re-engage you after you've dismissed it or something like that. So as long yeah. as you're cookied or something like that, then it won't show it again. And I try not yeah. to have it like overtake the whole screen. The whole screen. I said the whole screen. Man, that sounded so the whole sick. Screen. So hick. Um, <laughs> sounded like you're living Kentucky. <laughs> So uh, try not to be intrusive, and it just pops down from the from the top, so it's pretty small. But like we said, this will be a super quick one because we got to go over to chat with Rebecca. But uh, any last words about a mailing list? Definitely have yeah, one because it, it's valuable. Make it fun if you're going to do it. Don't be dull. Yeah, I'm kind of making, making some list items for things I want to send out. I think I want to send out a photo of a tiki drink that we made in Rebecca's tiki mug. So it's a handmade mug. It's not mine. And then like an easy recipe that they can try that they might do a drink of the week. Ryan. Well, Rachel does. Rachel does tiki Tuesdays on her Instagram. Well, perfect. Just some of those recipes are pretty complex, but but yeah, we could move it over. We could. That'd be so much fun. We could do that. I'd sign up for your email list if I got a tiki drink every week. Every Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Ooh, that might be a way to leverage it. Okay. Ideas. Ideas popping yeah, in. Yeah, because, I mean, how fun is it to get an email that's not about, like, hey, we need your money. Right. And, like, sometimes it's just like, hey, uh, we found this bomb-ass drink, and Ryan got pissed drunk <laughs> and while we were played a puzzle. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Which happened a couple weeks ago. Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she made this drink. It's called a zombie. Okay, normally this thing has a lot of alcohol in it. She made a double for both of us, right? It already has a lot of alcohol. This one double drink had eight ounces of rum in it. Oh, Oh my gosh, eight ounces of rum. So, That's so funny. yes, I was incapacitated for several hours. <laughs> incapacitated. She sent me a picture of him just on the couch. <laughs> so, maybe that's an idea. Maybe we'll do a tiki drink of the week. And then I was thinking, like, I don't know if people are interested in the podcast, but I'll be like, hey, do you know I host a podcast? There you go. Informational. Maybe they have family or friends or whatever that are small business owners that could get some info out of it. Or maybe they're just taking pottery classes. They just got into doing that, and they're like, oh, I didn't know that. They talk about clay. Let's see what they got. Yeah. So. Also, my mom still doesn't know that I do a podcast. (laughs) 
And at this point, at this point, it's almost like I don't want to tell her because then it's it's just like funny now. She like check like, up on you like, hey Becca, what's new? What'd you do today? Oh, we uh, recorded a podcast. What? What podcast? No, she doesn't. Well, she doesn't check up on me. I'm thirty. <laughs> well, yeah, but. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I'm curious to see how long it's gonna take. But. This is the game now. We'll get an extra listener once she finds out, hopefully. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) My mom mom told me once, she goes, you know, Becca, I don't always understand your art, but I always appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Yeah. Okay. We got to go. All right. Thanks for listening. See you guys. All right. Later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Wheel Talk. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you could find the podcast at Wheel Talk Podcast, or you could find myself at RD Ceramics. That's R's and Ryan, D's and Durbin Ceramics. Or you can find me at Five Lines Pottery Studio. That's the number five. And don't forget, Share this with your friends, like us on Instagram, and don't forget to write a review. It helps us an awful lot. Thanks.